You're listening to the Restoration Church Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and deep calling to deep. Today's message is brought to you by Lead Pastor Kim Foreman. This one um, is called the Jochebed anointing. And you'll understand it when I get in the meat of it. But, you know, God uses families for purposes and destiny. And it's not always a natural family. I want to say that. I mean, sometimes our family families don't feel as real and close to us as our, our, our family in the house of the Lord. Um, and most of the time, our families are what? Our mission field, are they, are they not? Um, but Paul spoke of Timothy as his true son in the faith in 1 Timothy 1-2. And their relationship shows us that spiritual sons and daughters receive impartations the same way our biological children do. They receive spiritual gifts. They can receive deposits. Uh, Timothy ultimately uh, received Paul's apostolic mantle after he passed. So uh, this scripture, Isaiah 44, 3 through 4. For I will pour water in a thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessings up like grass in a meadow, like poplar trees by flowing streams. That's a wonderful, wonderful word God has given us for our children. So this scripture gives us a glimpse into the mind of God concerning generational and family blessings. Um, When the Spirit of God moves upon one person in the family, He has plans to move in the entire family. Amen. God is a networker of networkers. Behind the scenes, he is connecting the right people to unlock your blessings and potential. Uh, One bloodline I want to look at closely today is Moses' bloodline. God had major plans for that one bloodline. And the devil always tries to block what God has initiated. And uh, much of the warfare over our families is destruction techniques. You know, if he can't do anything, he'll get us busy and distract us. And the enemy wants us so focused on what he's doing that we forget the purposes that is in our families and what our purpose is within those families. Uh, He tries to divert our purposes. That's his whole plan. He sows seeds of strife. He sows seeds of division. For united we're strong and a house divided is divided. There's no way but divided. In John 3.16, where there is envy and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. He is a master at causing division, whether it's in our families or whether it's in the church, whether it's in government, that's what he does. And last week I taught on the ministry of reconciliation. Again, do you want to be right or do you want to be reconciled? And most of this ministry of reconciliation has to be done in your own family. And this is where it hurts the most and it's the hardest to do because the cuts are so deep. Laying down your right to be right and building bridges of peace and forgiveness by choosing uh, what Jesus would do. Most families are torn apart by sowing words, seeds, a discord, gossip, backbiting, jealousies, dishonor, 
And again, what did I say? Strife in every evil work. Satan knows the family and unity is dangerous to his kingdom. Amen. He does his greatest work in bloodlines. And he knows the gifting. He knows the rich deposits in all of our bloodlines. And, um, and if they ever come together in love and unity and the fruit of the Spirit, they will bust hell wide open. And he knows this. Amen. The worst level of witchcraft that you can experience, and you have heard me speak it before, but I'm going to hit it hard today, is when members of your own family start discussing you. When they decide to talk about you, and heaven forbid, they begin to pray for you, and they pray in their opinions and their judgments, and um, and it's not motivated by love. Come on now. There are prayers, soulish prayers, that can from the opinions and the judgments and impure hearts that can cause you to feel depressed. It can oppress you. Like the wind has been knocked out of you, and you don't have a clue of why you feel this way. Well, your siblings were discussing you with your mom and your life situation and how it was your lack of stewardship or wisdom that landed you in the mess you're in. So instead of having love, which the Bible tells us covers, you know, the multitude of sin, they have made themselves the judge, the jury, and they've carried out the verdict. Amen. And the devil is executing it, as, and as a result, you're oppressed, and you're really already under a great burden. Well, guess what? Now you feel totally without hope, and your darkness has grown darker, and perhaps the end of the story ends up with Satan writing the final chapter and having the evil victory. By your family's words and opinions, they've actually put the pen in his hand and he has wrote the final chapter. Now, if your family's doing right, and I don't know about your family, they're getting there. If your family's doing right, being led of the Lord, then love and mercy, praying for you could land you in freedom. It can make a way where there is no way. Everyone pulls together to send you a life rope of help and a heart that is motivated by love, a heart that's motivated that God is going to perfect that which concerns you. And so they're going to either empower heaven or hell against you. And I'll tell you, it's stronger in the bloodline. It's so much stronger in the bloodline. Amen whether it's good or whether it's evil. I'm not saying that there are times we as a family have to quit enabling. I've learned that, believe me. You know, you either empower or you enable. And we've got kids and we've got nieces and nephews that sometimes need us to take our hands off of them and let God be God. And we can't be everybody's Holy Ghost because all of us as parents have been somebody's Holy Ghost, one of our kids' Holy Ghost. We need to let God be God. Amen. And, um, but we need to lay them at the altar and we need to allow God to be God. And, but we still have to protect those that we've laid at the altar from insults, from curses, from bad opinions and judgments. These are deadly power of agreements within a family bloodline that seem to be so powerful that they can kill, steal, and destroy. And we mamas, we got to be at the gate of our house. Watching for those words. 
And that's what this message is really about today. It's about being at the gate of our house and undoing with what we may have done and making sure from this day forward that we stand at that gate and we annul those words. I'm a product of a mom, a sing, a, a, a only child, my mama was spoiled, um, who sowed seeds of discord. My opinions of people, and we were during the time when everybody got together and had coffee. Mamas were at home with the kids, and they all got together and had coffee, and everybody knew who was doing what. And so everybody sat around on in the morning. As a little kid, I can remember this, and they sit around over coffee. They didn't know who drove up in whose driveway and whose husband was gone. And, I mean, it was nothing but gossip, backbiting, and murmuring. So my mother enjoyed that. If there was drama and there was trash, my mama loved it. And, um, and, and God knows I'm being delivered of that. But, so, you know, uh, you know, as I point my finger, look, look, I'm her daughter. But anyway, a mother's opinions upon a child are so strong um, that they, again, my mother, because of her seeds of discord, because she was the only child, as a small child, her opinions become my opinions. And as I grew up and became, you know, older and more mature, I began to realize that what my mother thought was not always right. And my mother caused, you know, great dissension between me and my oldest sister. This cost me years and years of disunity. And until we took mom out of the middle and we began to really see what she had done, she did this not only between us, she did it between our children, the grandchildren, the cousins, and we are still there chipping away at those walls that were built in dissension and backbiting and murmuring. It's never too late to reevaluate the ways we have caused division. It's never too late. That's the blood is enough. And that's what I'm saying here on Mother's Day. We can root up some of these things and we can take a look at some of those places where we've been used and ask God, fall on this mercy seat of grace. Have God cleanse it. Um, it's a wonderful day that we live in, that mercy is still there. So it's always the right thing to do. So as mothers and fathers, it's a powerful thing to do to repent, to cleanse and ask forgiveness where we may have built walls and divided the family. We need to clean it up. This is an hour we need to clean it up. And sometimes people aren't coming into the fullness of the Lord. It's because of the words that we have sown. Because of the dissension we have sown. We've not seen things in heaven's perspective. But I'm telling you, we're in a day that it's time to get it right. Amen. You know, um, coming to grip with our mistakes we've made and been truthful may very well impact our family line with the fruit of the Spirit and the opposite Spirit to eradicate and nullify those bad seeds. We can nullify through the blood of Jesus. There is nothing the blood of Jesus cannot do. Amen. That's the beauty of making much of the blood. And so to sow seeds of discord is dishonor. Dishonor is huge. I don't know if you've ever experienced dishonor. That's a wound of the Spirit. It is a wound of the Spirit. Honor brings God's glory. Amen. When we backbite and we murmur, we open the door to the theft of honor. Remember that term, the theft of honor. We have literally stolen honor off of what God honors. And we are made in the image of God. And I don't know where your kids are or what's happening in your family. But God died for that person. And they are made in God's image. 
And we got to be careful with what we put our mouths on. And again, half the time, we don't even know what's really going on unless God shows us. Uh, and so perhaps the destiny of our families has been thwarted. By what? The theft of honor. And it has happened within the family, not from the outside only. Perhaps the seeds of dishonor has also been released from within to impact even the realm of influence our children and our children's children are called to. Can we restore honor? Can we pull up the seeds of dishonor? Yes, we can. And how do we do it? By acknowledging where we have been used and repenting, confessing, and again, coming in the opposite spirit. Once we do this, once it's cleansed, then we need to really stay there with our sword drawn and begin to watch those words. We have some true discussions that bring an intervention but when we have those discussions, we better end it in prayer. We better end it with life-giving and saying and seeing those people and what God says about them and begin to even, if we do get over into judgment, asking God to forgive us before we ever stop. Mm -hmm. So, it's time to be full of faith and pray for, with great faith. Allow love to conquer sin. When the Bible talks about the centurion in the New Testament, this man was a Gentile, yet had faith that moved Jesus. Amen. Jesus says he had great faith. There's a difference in faith and great faith. We need to call out to God in this hour that we have great faith for where we're called and what we're to do. We need great faith for revival in our families. And all the ways of dishonor and disunity have got to be removed. Let's look at a woman of great faith. And this woman's name is Jochebed, Moses' mother. Amram and Jochebed are written in the book of Hebrews, in the Hall of Fame, the Hebrew Hall of Fame, as examples of great faith. God chose them to birth a dimension of glory and deliverance for the people of Israel. Their assignment was against a backdrop of what? Tyrannical rule, fear, slavery. Pharaoh was murdering Hebrew children. The demonic atmosphere hung, hung of death. And like a cloud over, over it all, the power of God seemed to be non-existent in that time. Where was God's promise? Of deliverance the people cried out when would he move why has this been allowed to come upon us he asked but God's hand was moving the puzzle pieces together all behind the scenes God is always working isn't it even if we can't see it but they had been slaying slavery a long time but all in his divine timing again we all know what he's never early he's never late he's always right on time and I want you to know that cycles are broken by seed Cycles can begin with an evil seed of dishonor and discord, and it can be broken in honor. Moses was the seed of deliverance, and he was entrusted to Amron and Jochebed. God chose them to guide, protect, pray for this valuable seed. Now, even now, God is choosing people, and I want you to hear me. Even now, God is choosing people to carry these cycle-breaking seeds, to cultivate answers, to have solutions, to receive heavenly downloads that will shift the culture, ministries, businesses, organizations. He is establishing people on the earth to bring his kingdom to rule and reign. 
So the Jochebed anointing centers on two dramatic themes, glory and deliverance. It unlocks the glory and it births deliverance. It breaks people out of bondage. She displayed some essential characteristics. Number one, she was brave, supernatural, fearless in the midst of a death decree. She defied the instructions of an evil ruler. She stood up when all of hell was screaming for her to sit down. Number two, family destiny. She had a family anointing. She was from the Levitical priesthood and so was her husband. She knew that God had a plan and it was for a generation. Commitment. She did not fold under pressure. She had a supernatural strength and she did not back down from God's direction. And she had great faith. She shook a nation and a generation. The Jochebed anointing partners with great faith. Patience. She did not get weary. The demons tried to make you weary, but she stayed the course. She was not moved. Birthing. Everything in the kingdom must be birthed. We are called to birth ministries, great exploits, and legacies, to birth into the earth realm by praying, decreeing, sowing, standing, and warring. Endurance. She went the distance. He wants us to do the same and with joy and strength. Unwavering trust, to trust God deeply, to not be moved by lies and temporary changes. And in this ever-changing world, what do we see? We just turn on the media, it's nothing but lies. The false prophet is alive and well, and that's all we're hearing. She did not back down to what God had spoken. And don't you know all those years in Pharaoh's house, and Moses being raised as an Egyptian, took great faith upon this mother? Um, 40 years, he was 40 years in Pharaoh's house. He had money, he had military training, he was called a prince of Egypt. She literally handed him over to her enemy to raise and to nurture. A pagan king, full of idolatry, sorcery, and evil, she had to give her child to. Surely they saw him. Heard about him, the Israelites, and, and, her, and, and her, his siblings, Aaron and Miriam. And as a family, they had to cling together, I'm sure, in prayer to cover him and trust God in all of this. Surely their words were held to a strict code of honor, despite what they saw. After all, he was a prince of Egypt. He was a military leading the Egyptians to do great exploits. And this was their brother. This was... Her son. Often in God's kingdom, it's a backwards kingdom. Moses to be raised up in Pharaoh's house, in Pharaoh's ways, to gain great earned authority. So in due season, God would raise him up to deliver his own people from Pharaoh. Again, a backwards kingdom. His ways are higher than our ways. Who can understand his ways, right? This is why it's so very important that we have true discernment. Abounding love brings true discernment. True discernment is the grace to see into the unseen. All of us can be critical and judgmental and see things, but that doesn't mean that's true discernment from the Holy Ghost. Because I'm going to tell you, love, when it's packaged in love and you're loving that person, God's going to show you things that you are almost surprised to see. 
It is a gift of the spirit to perceive what is in the spirit. It's the purpose to see into the nature of that which is veiled. For the capacity to see in that which is outside comes from Christ revealing that which is inside. And the mercy of God, the true discernment, is to save, not to judge. Oh, there it is. Don't you know Jacob had a fight against the words, the opinions of the Israelites? And perhaps even from Aaron and Miriam, own brother and sister. They were both prophets. Do we not see much later that Miriam and Aaron judged Moses for marrying an Ethiopian woman and she was stricken, Miriam was stricken with leprosy. But let me tell you the truth of that matter is that Moses was an Egyptian general and he led the Egyptians into Ethiopia and he made a choice and the choice was either he marries an Ethiopian woman or he kills all those Ethiopians by the sword. And he chose to marry the Ethiopian woman instead. So don't you think that was just and right in the eyes of God? That's what Josephus says in his writings. So no wonder he married outside. So it was the death of an entire population or marry an Ethiopian woman. So when Miriam judged him, Miriam didn't know that. But God knew that. Amen. It makes sense why she was stricken with leprosy. That's right. Because in his heart of hearts, he wanted to save those people. So, so how much more can we see Miriam and Aaron as prophets who by nature are quick to judge? In, in carnality, probably put their mouths on Moses when he was the leader in Pharaoh's house and over Egypt. And don't you know Jochebed, a woman and a mother of great faith, had to correct them, break the power of their words, their judgments, their opinions. Don't you know when she's out there as a slave, hearing their words when he's riding through Egypt and people are saying so, don't you know that the power of a mother's prayer can annul any demonic uh, seed of discord? Amen. Because of that heart of love, that heart of believing God, that mother's heart of what God put in us is so rich and so phenomenal and so full of faith that Jochebed, no matter what was being said, she was able to break the power of that thing. Amen. Never understand, uh, underestimate uh, the mother's power of prayer. This is why when we have wayward sons and daughters, we must protect them from every evil word within our family. We must stand at the gate of our homes and with an abounding love and mercy, use the sword of the Spirit and break those words of hell that are trying to kill, steal, and destroy our seed. Oftentimes what our children go through is the very place they are called to. Hello, did I not just talk about Pharaoh being, I mean Moses being raised up in his house? The very place they will be raised up with earned authority to deliver others from may perhaps be the place they're afflicted in. These strong-willed, wayward leaders under Egypt in bondage very well are our Moses to deliver this generation from Egyptian bondage. What if in ignorance we did not show abounding love or mercy and we agreed in frustration and anger and justice against our seed within our family? It's not too late, again, to repent, to renounce, 
Again, use the blood of Jesus. We need to bring truth to the table, and we need to lead our families together in agreement to break the words, the opinions, the judgments off of our sons, off of our daughters, off of our nephews, off of our nieces, off of our aunts, off of our uncles, and we now need to cry out to God to make those seeds of dishonor null, void, and unwrap them from what? Witchcraft. Solar's power, we have wrapped them in. We have wrapped them in grave clothes, just like Lazarus in the grave. But how the beauty of God's mercy for us to come together and really look at these opinions and what we've done and be able to cry out to God to forgive us and that we can in agreement unwrap them and set them free. So begin to cry out for mercy, salvation. Declare that they were made in the image of our God and ask for the seed of destiny, the plan, the purpose, the birthright to come forth. And we have the wonderful opportunity to change the course of our families, of the way we talk, the way we gather, and what we say, and that if we do start saying we can end it. Mamas, we can end it. We say, let's pray right now. How many times? Hey, let's pray right now. Okay, let's not talk about it. Let's not put our mouth on it. We don't know what they're going through. We can't see what God's doing. But, you know, God's got a plan and a purpose. And I know what God said. And, hey, when a mama gets a word on a baby or a child that goes awry, mamas don't lose. They hold on to that word. Don't you know, joke about it. Held on to that word. And, I mean, there was many, many years to watch him in the house of Pharaoh. But Jochebed held on, didn't she? Remember, we will be judged by every idle word. How much more will we be judged for cursing? Our seed, our family. How much more will we be judged? And so again, we are in that hour to bring those words, to allow the Holy Spirit to show us. Show me how I have further caused people to stay longer in Egypt, longer out of your will. How me and my household, instead of going and gather them and setting a foundation underneath them, how much have we been a witness and armed hell against the ones that we love? That's a scary thing to look at. But Jochebed, mother of great faith, there's no love like a mother's love. Many of us have had Moseses and had to fight our spouses, had to fight our children, had to fight the teachers, uh, the entire world that was coming against to try to kill their destiny with their soulish opinions, words, and agreements. How many praying mamas have had a word from God about their children and that word has kept you? Amen. When they're in the midst of sin, they're out there running them up, it has kept us. God's promises again are yes and may, amen. And many of those promises have yet to come to pass. Perhaps this is the key to your delay. Bring correction to your family. Break the power of your agreements, your words of dishonor. Ask God to unwrap your Moses from the powers of hell. And if your family will not get in line with you, then after you do this, you get before the Lord in great faith and call Amen. upon the Lord. Because again, Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father and you break all the agreements of hell off of your Moses and the words of dishonor. Nullify and make sterile. Call your Moses out of the tomb. Call him out. Honor brings God's glory. Honor and glory serve together as promoters of God's kingdom. God's glory unlocks revelation, promotion, healing, and favor. 
And Moses was a man with unusual dimensions of God's glory. He was mantled with glory. And so you show me someone afflicted with hell, that's an indication of a seed of destiny that carries God's glory. And the greater hell, the more I want to see who are you and why has Satan spent so much time trying to destroy you. When we honor someone, we place value on it. Jesus gave his life for sinners and the sinners of sinners. God gave mothers like Jochebed the ability to honor in the midst of dishonor. Remember, honor brings blessings. And again, when the Israelites came out of Egypt, they came out with the, with the spoil and great blessings. So here's a clue. How many Moses are the prodigals yet to be released and actually have the anointing to release resources to the entire family? And Satan knows that. So what happens when we gather that Moses? Moses, they emptied out of Egypt. So how about our Moses is that possibly are still out there in Egypt that we need to call in may hold up the resources that God wants to bless for the next generation and the generation Amen. after that. And so think about that. I mean, Moses emptied out Egypt. You know, so often um, Romans 8, 6 through 7 says, those who live by the corrupt nature have the corrupt nature attitude. But those who live by the spiritual realm have the spirit's nature's attitude leads to a life of peace. This is because the corrupt nature has a hostile attitude towards God. It refuses to place itself under the authority of God's standards because it can't. And those who are under the control of the corrupt nature can't please God. But if God's spirit lives in you, you are under the control of your spiritual nature, not your corrupt nature. And you know a lot of our family is under the corrupt nature. They're not where we are. And that's why we need to guard our house. We need to guard the words being spoken. So no wonder we must be born again. Thank God that most of us are born again. Amen. You know, thoughts produce attitudes, and attitudes create climates, and climates manifest behaviors. Well, look, mamas, we create the climate. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? Amen. Okay. But a praying mama that says a standard in her home and in her family can turn, can turn. And it's time that we watch the words being spoken, that we grab every word that's of dishonor. We grab every word that is, is arming hell, and we stop it, and we pray, and we quit letting our family get-togethers or words of dishonor to be sown. And then, oh, here she goes again. Well, I guess we got to pray. You know what? Before long, they'll shut up. Amen. And sometimes we need them to shut up. And I hope all your families are in the fullness of Christ and all your words are edifying and glorifying. But that's not been my life and that's not been my family's history. But we're in that place. We're getting to that place in the name of Jesus. But I want to tell you also, I'm going to take it a little bit further, that uh, again, it's time to break this negative cycle in our families. We have to. There are souls. There are people that are tied up. There are people in bondage. And it's not God had a time way ahead to deliver them and bring them out. But we've armed hell. So can you imagine if we come together as a family and we begin to evaluate our words, we begin to evaluate where we may not have seen things the way they need to be seen, and that maybe the very place they're called to or the very place that they're going to deliver others out of. But because we put our mouth on it, that they've stayed too long and God wants us to begin to break that and pull them back in. 
And how powerful that we have the gifting and the anointing. And goodness knows y'all don't want me to start praying about or talking about the power of agreement. There's nothing greater. If one can send a thousand of light and two to ten thousand, what's going to happen as a family when we begin to, and that's what needs to happen. We have get-togethers. We need to look who's out there, who's wayward, who's lost their way. And what do we need to do in love? Pull them back in. Begin to declare and decree that which is in that bloodline that is good and holy. And pull them in and unwrap them from the ways we've cursed them. Or the ways we've sent them further out. You know, this is true even, um, you know, I think about... Even in, in the church that we have to be careful and about praying for our leaders. So I want to take this one step further before I close. Even with leaders, you know, praying for our leaders is one of the most sensitive areas of the Christian community. Because what? We can run the risk of moving out of intercession into either witchcraft prayer or meaningless prayer. Simply because we who are praying for our leaders have our own agenda. That's a serious, serious place. I want to tell you that intercessory prayer can either promote and make the house an awesome place for God to dwell, or it can kill and bring in demons and divide, and you have a church split before you turn around. Because we don't see what God sees. And sometimes our opinions don't line up with God's opinions. And I'm going to say this as a leader. It's more important that we pray scripture. Because we don't see what that leader is going through. We don't know what God's agenda is. And to think that we know is a spirit of pride. The power of the word is what needs to happen. And the most powerful intercessory prayer is you get a team that are praying for the leadership in that house. Are praying the same scriptures all week long. And so some of those will say, so let's say, for instance, there's a particularly... um, Let's say that there's someone that is being hired, okay? So I'm going to read this. Particularly true in group prayer meetings for pastors. I find those to be fairly dangerous. I personally recommend that pastors not structure group prayer for themselves unless they are present. This is how serious it is. Rather, letting the prayer for the pastor be done individually by intercessors in their prayer closet. This discourse is intended to be a tool to diffuse many of the problems that have been associated with control, witchcraft, or manipulated prayers. So, so let's say that you're hiring someone uh, for assistant pastor. And you've got a group of intercessors that think, oh, he's the man. And then you got a group going, oh, no, I don't like him. Well, you'll get those people who aren't in agreement praying. You can bring in a spirit of confusion. You can bring in a spirit of division. So I'm going to tell you, Scripture is always the right way to pray. Because opinions, if you don't see it and hear clearly, it can be very, very deadly. So you can start out with like Colossians 1, 9 through 12. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, and you can do this in your families over those that are wayward. You can all pass out scripture and say, I'm asking you all to do this over so-and-so. Let's do this every day this week. And then give them a new scripture next week. How powerful, huh? Um, since this day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in 
every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. That one text, we all need what? We all need to know what is the knowledge of his will and have all spiritual wisdom to lead his people. Just that one scripture is so powerful. And I have people praying that. And again, this impacts sends angel forth to bring about what you pray because what the word will never come back void it will do what it's set forth to do Amen. and so really and truly you can't you cannot lose praying scripture over lost family members so i'm charging you today i'm charging you to look look at even places that you may have said things about leaders or you may have had about judgments or opinions and go back allow the holy spirit to shine his light Show you places where you may have sowed seeds of dishonor or sowed seeds of discord. We all have faults. We all can see each other's faults, right? That's not take a, a rocket scientist. We can see those things. But you know what? God's going to perfect that which concerns us. And God is the author and the finisher of our faith. Yes, and God sees all things. And again, I can't say it enough how many times I preach on the heart. You know, God sees the heart. And sometimes we think somebody should have some judgment and get slapped around. But God's seen a change in heart and God evaluated the heart. Just like with Miriam and um, Aaron, they judged Moses for breaking the law. But the truth is that man's heart to have saved the Ethiopian people was just and right to do. But they couldn't see that. So sometimes we assume because, again, what's the biggest thing we fight is a people pride. We think we know things, and half the time we don't know nothing. And I don't know about you in reconciliation. Most of the time when I reconcile and I thought things were a certain way, they were nothing like what I thought. And then when I hear all the circumstances that were behind it, then I oftentimes feel so sad that I was a product to further cause more dissension and more problems for the person that I'm reconciling with. And so we are in a time again to be what? Reconcilers. To be restores. And as mothers, we have the greatest gift to be able to gather our families together, to guard our family gathering from talking. I don't know what's in It's our flesh that likes to talk about stuff we shouldn't be talking about. It's the hardest thing to get our mouth and put a watchman at it. But we need to do that in this hour and this season. And we need to pull our, our family members that are out there wayward back in because again they may very well be our Moseses and they may very well have our resources and again I don't know about you but I want to make much of the blood of Jesus and I don't want to arm hell anymore now I see the captive set free so it begins in our family so I'm going to close in prayer and so Father I ask you in the name of Jesus that, Father, that you go deep within all of us. Father, we thank you for Mother's Day. I thank you for the gift that you've given us as mothers. Father, I'm praying for great faith. We have not because we've asked not. And, Father, Jochebed had great faith. I'm asking for each one of us today that you would bless us with a Jochebed anointing. That you would bless us with great faith 
to stand steadfast, to believe for the unbelievable, no matter what we see, to know that you created our families in your image and that, Lord, that you gave your life to save, not to judge, and that, God, that we would stand at the gates of our house and with words of honor, with words of hope, with words to use your blood and to annihilate that which has been spoken, to see or hear the things that could arm hell and to stop those words with the very blood of Jesus yes. and repent that God let us be at the gates of our house and let us root up and let us pull down every seed of discord, every seed of dishonor and let us, God, honor that which you created in your image and that is our family. And God, let us go out today with marching orders Again, to root up and pull down and begin to use your word to build, to plant, to begin to set the captives free and send forth your word to do what only it can do. And Lord, we ask this in agreement in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Restoration Church Podcast. If you would like to watch our message live or looking for more information about our church, visit us. Follow us on Facebook, Restoration Church.